3: Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
4: This is The
5: Nightcap with Tim Murray and Super Bowl champion Sean King on V the Sports Betty Network.
6: Start of the NBA season. The NLCS just got a whole lot more interesting. And football season is just keep on creeping on. You know, we we, we wrap up week six last night with another primetime dog coming home. 12 and 6 ATS are the dogs on primetime. And before we know it, Sean, we'll have a game tomorrow night. Big time Sunbelt showdown between Absolutely. App State and Coastal Carolina. We'll have Thursday night football. I'm fired up. I got an extra pep in my step. I got a cold brew on the way in, so I'm a little extra juiced. Okay. Um, I took the Dodgers on the run line, so that didn't make me feel all that better. But you know what makes me feel better? Got our good guy, good friend Jimmy Ott coming on the show we later this hour. We do. The latest on LSU, who could be the next head coach down there in Baton Rouge. Is it going to be your favorite coach, Mel
7: Tucker? Uh, it could be, but I will say this. You mentioned the Coastal Carolina, Shauna Clears, Jamie Cat. Cold it Bro. is a resume builder for Jamie Chadwell. Chadwell standalone game. Coastal has not been in a bunch of those. They get to go to a program that does have name recognition. Tough place to play in Boone, North Carolina, but coming off a buy, they look good. He's going to be mentioned for some of these jobs.
6: There's no doubt. There is absolutely no doubt, uh, and uh, we will see. It's going to be a fascinating coaching carousel, but. Uh, A lot to get to. Um, Jimmy Ott, as mentioned later on this hour, Sean Merriman, lights out. In the building. Will be joining us at the top of the next hour. He's going to be hanging out for the majority of hour number two. We'll get his thoughts on the Chargers, that duck that they laid on Sunday, but where do they stand in the hierarchy of the AFC, which I would say for the most part, many people believe Sean is kind of wide open right now. As we talked about last night, after the Bills' loss, I would think people still believe that the Bills are the best team in that conference, but they have some weaknesses. The Ravens look good. Ronnie Stanley officially ruled out for the year, which is a tough blow uh, for the Baltimore Ravens. They're all pro-left tackle, but they've been playing without him so far this season. So it is a fascinating conference, and you know, maybe now is the time to buy low on a team like the Chargers. We'll talk to Sean Merriman later on In the show, Eric Eager will join us, too, as he always does on Tuesdays. Once again, that is Sean King. I am Tim Murray. Uh, We'll get to the baseball here in just a moment. But basketball underway, Sean. And the defending world champion, Milwaukee Bucks, said, oh, you're not going to talk about us all offseason? Oh, you don't remember who won this thing? Yeah. You're going to talk about the Brooklyn Nets and the Los Angeles Lakers and the Golden State Warriors and the Miami Heat getting Kyle Lowry? Yeah, we'll smack the Brooklyn Nets. That's what they did. They won by 23 tonight, covering the very short point spread of one and a half. The under does come home, just barely, but it does come home. Uh, it was 233 and a half. So the Milwaukee Bucks, a 23 point statement on opening night. Hey,
7: they're really good. Uh, I think they're plus 900, the repeat. At DraftKings, the yeah. The only thing that, that's an issue with that is I chose them last year. I had them at 16 to 1. ooh right before the playoffs, so it's just hard for me to take plus 900 not knowing injury situations, but, I mean, they're really good. They're really tall. Grayson Allen, you know, played well tonight. in Starting sports. lineup. Desenzo played excellent. I mean, they have the components and pieces outside of the guys that everyone knows about, Middleton, Holiday, and, of course, the Greek Freak. I, I like where they're headed. It looks like their head's in the right place. I know it's only game one. I'll tell you this. Brooklyn looked distracted. As much as they wanted to say, listen, Kyrie's not a distraction, we're just going to focus on playing basketball, they looked like a team that was not all the way dialed in, that had been dealing with a whole lot of things outside of just getting prepared to play the Milwaukee Bucks.
6: Well, one of the uh, the prize free agent acquisitions, and I mean prize because he was a veteran on the veteran minimum, but the the Lakers really wanted him and ultimately the Brooklyn Nets were able to grab him. That's Patty Mills, and he looked great. So, you know, I'm Solid not player. I'm not going to say that Patty Mills is the reason they're going to win the championship, but uh, 21 points for him in the losing effort. Went a perfect 7 for 7 from 3. My guy, Pat Connaughton, uh, 20 points off the bench. That's right, JVT, 20 points, 8 for 13, 4 for 9 from 3. Just saying, just saying, Planet
7: Pat. Can I give a silent clap to Pat coming back? Because uh, during the entire playoffs, after the Miami Heat series last year, he shot like the basket was moving. So it's good that he got back in the gym where there's a stationary basket to shoot at, and he performed like it tonight. And he played quite well in
6: yeah. the uh, NBA Finals, uh, I might add. 14 points in Game 5, 11 in Game yes. 4, 14 yeah, he in he Game 2. He a couple two. shots,
7: but overall he still was... Not doing
6: what he's supposed to do, but being, they want it. So. Being a hey. being a role player off the bench. But Giannis uh the Greek freak, thirty-two and fourteen Roller. tonight. Seven assists for Giannis plus twenty-five. Uh just doing what he does. He's such a great player. He's he's awesome. He's you know he's 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 emerging too as his personality. Uh, joking, you know, earlier today or yesterday about the ring and hoping mm-hmm. that you want. I want the ring to be bigger than my brothers uh, <laughs> who had one with the Lakers. Uh, so yeah, it, it, Giannis is really continuing to emerge as this uh, this very. Uh, just you look at everything he has said, mm-hmm. and there are not many people who don't like Giannis. I mean, maybe so, maybe Phoenix
7: Suns fans, but other than that, who doesn't like Giannis? To me, this is where Giannis is headed. He's headed to potentially being a logo. Possible. He's everything that the NBA has aspired to become since they went through that stretch where it got really bad. Mm-hmm. They started being more open to bringing in foreigners, I mean, non American born players. Sure. They wanted guys that were tall, long, and had multi skill sets. And they wanted people that are really good people. And he checks off all those boxes. And. You can make a legitimate argument that if he builds upon last year, he's the best player in the National Basketball Association. This is an overaction. Mm -mm. This is a guy that's already run a league MVP. Two of them. He's already won an NBA championship, and he's continually getting better and better and better. And if he can ever get that jumper to where it's wet consistently, I mean, what can you do to stop him? Well, I'll tell you this: uh, you know what he did in the
6: finals last year uh, should never get overlooked. I mean, that was one of the more dominating. And to think about where it was, fresh off of the knee injury, we thought he was done uh, against Atlanta. The team rallies together, and he surprises us and is out there for the playoff uh, for the finals. And not only is out there, Sean,
7: oh, he balled out. He
6: was in a game in a closing game. It was an all time performance that should never be forgotten with one the 50, of the best I've ever seen. 14, yeah. He learned how to shoot free throws yeah. somehow in that game, seventeen and nineteen from the free throw line. So, you know, it it to me right now, it is one A, one B, best player in the world in Kevin Durant and Giannis. And it's gonna be fascinating to watch this Eastern Conference play out. It is because that second round series uh was unbelievable. You know, those those games against the Nets, uh, you know, the the closeout game that went to overtime where Giannis went crazy, where uh where Kevin Durant's foot if he was, you know, one size shoe smaller. You know, they win that game. Mike Budenholzer might be fired. Actually, he would have been fired, mm-hmm. um, but it wasn't. And uh, he he stepped up. And that, and to your point, that's what the league
7: wants. That's what the league is hoping for. He's staying and, in Milwaukee. And if Ben Simmons is watching this, the thing I loved about Giannis, he didn't run away from. At the strip club? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I saw that. He didn't run away from what it was people thought was his deficiency in that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, he attacked the basket. He handled the basketball. He was not afraid to get fouled. He went to the free throw line. He was really intentional about what he was doing, and he made his shots. And hopefully somebody that's around Ben Simmons can give him that message. Listen, stop being a victim and just acknowledge that your game needs improvement in a certain area. As a elite talent, what else could you ask for? I mean, the, the 76ers has everything they need to compete for Eastern Conference Championship, which ultimately gets you in the finals. Except Ben Simmons developing a jumper. If you add that component to that team, what are they missing? I, I mean, they, they were have... the look. They were the number one seed last year in the regular season,
6: and you
7: know that's it. Just it pains me when, when guys that are that talented get caught up in their feelings. Oh. We call it emotionally hijacked down in the south. You know, you, you get in your feelings and you allow the moment to be bigger than what really matters. And for him, it should be I'm going to come. I'm going to work my butt off. They already believed in me when I had this deficiency by giving me this big deal. I'm going to show them in the city of, of Philadelphia that I appreciate them believing in me before I really had earned or deserved those type of of, of uh, that type of compensation. So come on, Ben, man. Hey, get your feelings. Put them to the side, man. Show back up. It's call over. the team together. Say, listen, fellas, I got emotional. People make mistakes. I'm sorry. Let's get to work. Let's go out and try and win us a championship. I think it's
6: done, but we'll see what happens. Uh, we're about to tip off. Uh, it is opening out of the NBA. Only two games on the slate. And Klay uh, Thompson in street clothes, so he's not going to be out there. Uh, you've got the Warriors getting three points uh, on the road at the Los Angeles Lakers. Three and a half at DraftKings. Uh, there you see the starting lineup as
7: we look at is it. Is Wiseman hurt? James Wiseman? Yeah, is he hurt? Is there a reason he's not starting and they're starting Kevin? He's uh, hurt, Aaron? he's coming off the bench oh. um but uh yeah uh, i always always you know when you take guys where was he drafted number number one no number one? no 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 number two number, number two three. and we're in year what two two and kevin looney is starting in Kevon front of you looney, yeah 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 uh it'll be uh this will be interesting deandre I, I like golden state tonight i think stuff goes for 50 plus
6: yeah i kind of like the golden state too i didn't i didn't play anything because there's part of me that thinks lebron just could go I'm fully rested. I'm going to go nuclear. Game underway out in Los Angeles. And, uh, hey, welcome back, Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard. No, that's oh, that's DeAndre Jordan. Jordan. There yeah, it is. DeAndre yeah. Jordan a little lob to him. So quick start for the Lakers. We'll keep you posted all throughout the night. Jimmy Ott on the latest from Baton Rouge in 15 minutes. But up next, we'll keep that college football conversation rolling along. That's Sean King. I'm Tim Murray. It is the Nightcap here on Visa.
5: This is the Nightcap on V-Send, v the sports betting network.
6: Welcome back in this segment of the Nightcap being brought to you by ZEN nicotine pouches. ZEN is working to create a world where you can enjoy life on your own terms. ZEN nicotine pouches are a smoke-free, spit-free and hassle-free tobacco alternative that can be enjoyed on the go anywhere and anytime so you never miss a minute of the game or the tailgate party. Available in 10 varieties, including spearmint, coffee, and citrus. Zinn can be found at convenience stores nationwide so you can find your Zin wherever you are. Zin's nicotine pouches are clean and discreet and no lingering smell. Plus, it's easy to use indoors or out, making it the perfect complement to your everyday. Also, Zinn comes in two strengths so you can control you have control over your nicotine satisfaction, Zinn contains nicotine, and it's for adult nicotine consumers, 21 and over. Learn more and find your local realtor at Zinn.com. That's Z-Y-N.com. Warning, this product does contain nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Just a a couple clarifications here. James Wiseman is out uh, due to injury, so that is why he is not in the starting lineup. Also, first-round pick Jonathan Kaminga also out. As mentioned, uh, Clay Thompson not playing this evening for the Golden State Warriors. Warriors have an early 9-6 to six lead over the Lakers. And I know you mentioned that you like Steph Curry tonight to go over his player prop. That oh, is sitting absolutely. at 32 and a half, heavily juiced to the over of 32 and a half there for Steph Curry. Uh, it'll be fascinating. It's very early. Uh, obviously, it's the first game, first, you know, four minutes of the first game. But this is dynamic between Russell Westbrook and LeBron James, two incredibly ball-dominant guards Mm -hmm. uh, playing with each other. Um, We'll see how it works out. I mean, I know they wanted it. Uh, They were excited about it. Obviously, LeBron kind of pulls the strings uh, out there in Los Angeles, so this is something that he wanted. I think, you know, we talked about it a lot last year when when the move went down, Sean. I think for the regular season I think it's a fit in the sense of come February when LeBron is going to take some time off he's old he's played a gajillion minutes mm-hmm. uh Russell Westbrook's a great guy to have he brings it every single night come the playoffs
7: when LeBron wants everything to run through him yeah we'll see well I took the advice of Lane Kiffin and I drove over to Costco bought me a big box of popcorn <laughs> and I'm going to sit that is ba- true I'm gonna they sit will be back entertaining
5: and watch
7: they will be.
6: It will definitely be entertaining. They will absolutely be entertaining. So twelve to nine is where we sit right now. Uh, early on in this game, Steph Curry has won three. So we will keep our eyes on the uh, the the three oh meter. Remember, Carmelo Anthony. Yes, they're studded now. Lakers debut. Yeah. Um, some interesting names. We'll see how they all play together. Rajon Rondo back with the Lakers after uh, he won that title. I mean, I, I love the fact that they were somehow able to get Malik Monk. I think he's going to be a nice acquisition. So uh, 12 to 12 is where we stand. We'll keep you updated on that all throughout the evening. Quick baseball update. We didn't really mention this, uh, Sean. Uh, the Dodgers, both you and I uh, last night, uh, really liked the Dodgers in a bounce-back spot. We now, did. We weren't wrong, but we mm-hmm. thought they would win by yeah. two or more runs. And shout they won out, 6 Shut up, Lux.
7: I mean, come on, bro. Yeah. <laughs>
6: When I mean, they pay you a lot of money, you should be able to catch fly balls. I mean, Garrett Lux, goodness, yes, man, did drop a did drop a fly ball in a big fourth inning for the Braves, uh, which they scored four runs in that inning. They attack on another in the fifth, but Cody Bellinger a three run shot in the bottom of the eighth inning, and Mookie Betts followed that later in that inning with a double, scoring Chris Taylor, made it six five. I was hoping that uh, the man who started it all. Uh, Will Smith started that rally in the eighth inning, came back up, bases loaded. Was I being greedy? Of course I was. Come on, bases loaded. Come on, Will. Get jiggy with it. You know, it's our mistake. We know the Dodgers aren't I trustworthy. Know. They aren't trustworthy. You've said it yeah. constantly. I yeah. just They're just I not dependable. Over, They're not I w- dependable. I stopped by the South Point last night. I had him get uh, BYU laying three. It was the I only like three that. I saw in the town. I like that. Uh, and then uh, I got... I saw plus 125 we had talked about. I said, yeah, give me that. Give me that plus 125. I mean, we were headed
7: there. If they get a center fielder that can catch fly balls, they would have been all good. But it's uh, just a
6: quick, uh, over at the Westgate Superbook, their updated series price, Sean, the Dodgers now minus 115 favorites to win the series after winning tonight,
2: plus 135
6: on the Braves. I hope they do. I'm on the Braves. Look, I, I said last night I did cowardly hedge out of my 16 to 1. I, I took uh, plus 175 on the series price for the uh, for the Dodgers to come back when they were down two one. So they're down two zero. So um, I uh, I am going to make profit off my preseason bet, but it does bite I, into my profit. I would have doubled down.
7: I know because the Braves are what to I'm win it all right now. I'm a coward. What are the Braves to win it all? Um, two to one. Two to one. I'd have just doubled down. You took your ticket from 16. to Oh, 18.
6: oh the Braves do. I'm sorry. Yeah, the Braves, uh, the Braves, Braves the are Series. further than
7: that. I think the Dodgers are two to yeah, one. Yeah, just I'd have kept. You'd eventually had 40, 50 to one.
6: <laughs> um, we're gonna head down south to our good friend Jimmy Ott. Boy, he uh, got a lot to talk about, doesn't he? Yeah. Uh, we don't have a ton of time. We only got. Maybe we'll force him to stay two segments. We'll see. Jimmy's a friend of ours. Maybe he'll stay two hey, segments. What, what
7: is he doing? Oh, sitting on the the porch. Wondering drinking some moonshine, he's eating making, some jambalaya. He's making uh, some
6: calls to see, see who's uh, who's gonna be the next head coach of uh, he, he of those knows. Bayou Bengals. It's not about who's gonna it's who's gonna take it. That's a pretty tasty job. Yeah. For last, some. last three head coaches that have went there have won a national title. I Nick would Saban. not
7: be shocked if Jimbo Fisher left Texas AM to go to LSU. Overreaction Tuesday is later on in the show. No, I'm telling you, the one thing LSU has that AM doesn't is they've proven year in and year out they can compete with Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, and Clemson for the top kid. Mm-hmm. That he hasn't proven he can do that at Texas A&M yet. Texas A&M, Texas A&M still is a regional brand. LSU is a national brand. That That's the one thing, in my opinion, that would send him to Baton Rouge. He's been there. He knows the cachet that that logo has. And he knows that to beat Bama, those teams consistently – and run the rest of the division, that he has to get just a notch better overall player. And I don't think he thinks he can do that at a
6: Well, what's interesting is LSU, and here's, it's, it's about to start, right? LSU has a five-star quarterback committed next year. Mm-hmm. Guess where he's going to be this weekend? He's going to be in South Bend watching Notre Dame-USC on an official visit. Committed to LSU, and it's about to start. They got to figure this thing out, and that early signing period does hurt them.
7: Yeah, I just don't think Notre Dame can go head to head with the real powers for the legitimate five-star quarterback. They haven't proven that they can win that battle. Well, uh, but LSU doesn't have a, a coach, right? But I mean, it's a long time to signing day. So if a kid's that good, not really. It won't be. It's in December. Right, But they'll have a coach by then. I think one of the reasons for announcing. That Ogeron is out at the end of the year is to go ahead and get the coaching search started, so they're not in a position where. But if you're all hiring someone
6: like Mel Tucker, or a sitting head coach like a Jimbo Fisher, they're not coming until early December. That's so- not true. What, Jimbo Fisher's going to leave mid-season to No, go to no, LSU? no, but
7: they'll leave when the season's over. They won't stay and coach the bowl game. My yeah, point. yeah, right, yeah. Right. yeah.
6: So they'll be there at the, after Thanksgiving. So you'll have two weeks to hit the ground running and try to keep everyone in-house. But here's what happens. There's about 20 schools. LSU's going to have decommits. Right, right. You they know will, that's happening. Right,
7: they will, but the top 20 schools, and listen, there's a subculture in the top 20, but the top 20 schools are all recruiting the same kids anyway. So that kid that's committed, to LSU, that five-star quarterback, Mm -hmm. he probably has a relationship with Jimbo and his staff already. He may have just chose LSU, but if all of a sudden it was the school that was the final decision-making priority for him and now a coaching staff from somewhere else that he really likes is now at that school, then, hey, you know, you see it all the time, especially when guys that do a really good job recruiting go from, like, mid-level Power 5 jobs and they get a big job and they had a really, really good player that wanted to come to, let's say, Cincinnati, but he couldn't turn on Ohio State. He'll go with Fickle and those guys if they go somewhere that, that that's on par, if that makes sense.
6: It does. Yeah, it's just it's going to be interesting to it's see gonna be what fascinating. happens with LSU. It's a lot for us to talk about, which is good. And I think LSU uh, is a team that, you know, Ed Orgeron, you saw a lot of the former players. You saw Joe Brady. Or Joe Brady. You saw uh, <laughs> Joe Burrow coming out and, and talking about, you know, he wouldn't be in Cincinnati if it weren't for Ed Orgeron. He wouldn't have been the number one pick is what he's kind of hinting at. They love him. Yeah. And, you know, the funny thing is Ed Orgeron, and the, joke, the joke's The joke been out there on Twitter that now LSU's going to turn it on because when he was an interim at USC <laughs> and when he was the interim at LSU, they went a combined, I think, 12 and 4. So now they just basically he's the interim coach until the end of the season. Yeah, they, so they, maybe LSU turns it on. No, they lose Saturday. Oh yeah, they're going. Yeah. They're a yeah. Matt Corral may not be playing though. Well, that's a difference maker. Yeah. Well, we'll find out more about Matt Corral and whether or not he will play this weekend as a nine, nine and a half point favorite against LSU. Talk to our good friend Jimmy Ott from ESPN, Baton Rouge. He's joining us at the bottom of the hour. Hey, Carmelo Anthony, Uh uh-oh, making his Lakers debut out there right now. Lakers with an early three-point lead in the first quarter. It's the nightcap here on V-C.
5: This is the Nightcap on VSEN, the Sports Betting Network.
6: Well, the NBA season has started. The Bucks are in the win column. The first cover of the season. If you laid it with the champs, get ready for all of the NBA action this season with our VSEN. Basketball betting experts, grab your copy of the Vison Pro Basketball Betting Guide now with strategies, predictions, and best bets to stay ahead of the odds makers. Our hoops experts, including JBT Jonathan Von Tobel, who had the bucks tonight, I know that, provide strategy and advice as well as predictions for conference winners, win totals, playoff teams, and player awards. This digital guide is a must-have, so give yourself a betting edge this season and get your copy now. Only 9.99. Head over to VEASAN.com. Backslash subscribe four minutes to go in the first quarter out in Los Angeles. Lakers have a 21 to 17 lead over the Golden State Warriors. I mean, it feels like a million years ago, but it really wasn't that long ago. That epic uh, play in game that these two teams had with LeBron's uh, deep three uh, right now. Steph Curry, three points. LeBron James sitting with 10 already in this game 10 points, 5 rebounds for LeBron James. 21 to 18, 4 minutes to go in the first quarter, plenty to come in this one. That's Sean King. I'm Tim Murray and we head down to the great state of Louisiana. Yes it is. Bringing our good friend from 1045 Baton Rouge, that is Jimmy Ott and Jimmy, we've been waiting to chat with you uh the the LSU Bayou Bengals Uh, defy odds. They get the win last weekend against Florida, but it was always in the works that Ed O uh, was on his way out. Uh, So there's so many ways to look at this, and I'm sure Sean's got his thoughts too. But when you look at this program, last three head coaches that have stepped foot as the head coach have won a national title. So what is next? Who do you think makes the most sense for this LSU program?
5: Well, first of all, I'd like to say hello again to my favorite <laughs> hurricane evacuation uh, <laughs> watching, you know, watching games with Sean and a little nightcap with Tim, you know, ain't nothing like it, man. <laughs> How you guys doing, man? good to see good to speak with y'all again. Um, you know, I saw some updated odds to get you know, I try and remind people, you know, if Vegas or the odds makers are so good at like uh, you know when they put out the odds on the Heisman as it's creeping up, you know who's going to get the award before the ceremony, and whether it's you know Academy Award sometimes. But man, they are not real good at coaching hire. I love coaching hires. I'm intrigued by it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know about you know an up and coming uh, coordinator versus an established uh, coach, but the you know, coach that's going to go from a successful coach from low expectations to a high expectation, high resource program. It's kind of like going, you know, mid-season uh, trade from, you know, Kansas City Royals, you're ripping it up, you're going to Yankees and that pressure cooker, you know? So it's it's different. There's all kinds of different elements. There's administrative support. It's one thing that, uh, that Luke Pickle has right now at Cincinnati, even at a lower level. They just built a phenomenal facility at the University of Cincinnati. We know that that program pumps out, you know, coaching uh, prospects left and right. And now, you know, that was one of my favorite uh, plays in the offseason, 14-1 to 1 for them to win the playoff. I'd still need maybe one or two more losses, mm-hmm. you know, to get there. But still, um, anyway, I, I was looking at it. You've heard James Franklin. You've heard Lane Kiffin. You've heard Mel Tucker, Jimbo Fisher, Billy Napier, Dave Aranda, Luke Bickle. I mean, Joe Brady, uh, Bob Stoops, Bill O'Brien, Hugh Freeze. That's out. Mario Cristobal. Um, And don't rule out somebody that's maybe not on this list by Scott Woodward. I've been knowing Scott for 25 years, and um, Scott was a political lobbyist for LSU to the government, to the state government, to try and get more funding for the school. Well, at that time, Mark Emmert was there. When Mark Emmert went back to his alma mater in Seattle at the University of Washington, said, Scott, why don't you come with me? Okay, so he goes, Scott always had an athletic interest, not an athletic expertise or playing background, but always more than an athletic interest, an athletic passion, okay? And if you got an athletic passion as a, a graduate from LSU, you got a football passion as well. So then the AD leaves in Seattle, and Emmert says, Scott, why don't you be the interim AD, okay? Yeah, absolutely, I'd love it. So they have the Willingham own 11 season, he's, he's all of a sudden he's making a coaching hire and he, he br- brings in Steve Sarkeesian good enough hire to where USC uh, hires him a little bit later. Well, USC hired, I mean, offered Chris Peterson before and Scott was the permanent AD at this point. And after a failed attempt early, he comes back at him again and lures Chris Peterson two-time national coach of the year over to seattle to coach the the washington huskies and you know six years six years there two pac 12 uh, titles one playoff appearance good another good hire goes to texas a m immediately inherits the number one athletic budget in the country and brings over jimbo fisher who lsu could not get out of its own way and uh and get over there uh get over to baton rouge which you can't bring in an active coach who has a national title those guys just don't jump, uh, you know, uh, very, very often. And then he comes to LSU and hires Kim Mulkey. I know it's women's basketball. Mm -hmm. That's unbelievable. I mean, multiple national titles, second best active coach in her sport, and she comes to Baton Rouge. And then he hires Jay Johnson under the radar. Guy has not coached his uh, first baseball game uh, at LSU, but he is killing it and recruiting Now, I don't understand you still have to get to the draft and things like that, but trust me, he is going to win at LSU. He's got a lot of energy in his thing. So now he comes here, and so we do have a new president. It's our first minority president in the history of the school, okay? He's been here for about five months. There's those rumors that he and the governor have wanted to bring Mel Tucker and bring him the first African-American head coach to LSU. That is some legitimate interest, but that's not the way this whole thing is probably going to go. This took a lot of effort to get Scott Woodward to get back to his alma mater, to get back to his hometown, grew up in Baton Rouge, went to Catholic High, the whole bit. He was a lifer till he went to Seattle uh, in South Louisiana right here in Baton Rouge. And so he was brought in here to do this. Who's got a better track record than Scott Woodward in hiring coaches and people that notate our new president say, Hey, he's going to have some influence, but he's going to defer to Woody on this whole thing. And no one's got, And this is what he's, he, he's made all of these calls on all of these before he, he's a listener. He, he doesn't pretend to be an expert. He just is going to make the calls and defer to people that he, that he, he trusts and he's going to, there's nobody who's going to do their more due diligence and bet stronger than Scott Wilbur. He's got a process, and nobody's got more faith in, in the me and a lot of people around here. But there's a lot of things floating around, like there is all the time. But the guy that makes the most sense is like the, the guy that's most qualified, I don't know if he's attainable. He's attainable because his salary is mm, it's attainable. James Franklin and Mel Tucker make the same money. St. Franklin's got a lot more wins than Mel Tucker along the way. At Vanderbilt in Penn State, as opposed to Colorado for a year, and, then, and nobody's going to kill anybody for a pandemic season. i throw those out when Tucker was 2-5. and five. Nobody's done a better job this season at util, utilizing the uh, transfer portal than Mel Tucker this, this year, especially the running back. But I, I don't when, – when as soon as USC comes open – James Franklin before LSU even came open thinking that we're going to make a move, James Franklin. And when that happens, it's usually the agent putting out because he wants to sweeten his pot.
2: Mm-hmm.
5: Well, James Franklin will, he's going to make more money in this deal one way or the other, no matter what happens the rest of the way, the season at Penn State and they had a horrible, horrible break in Iowa city, losing his quarterback of 17 three. And they were on their way to winning that game comfortably. And we know what, uh, how that unfolded. But, James, frankly, you asked me who makes the most sense in a long-winded, roundabout way to describe it. It's <laughs> close with the resume, the credentials, a little bit of a taste down here in the SEC. It's close to the SEC and the Big Ten. And, I mean, no, the, the, the credentials in the resume and also the age at 49 and the energy level, it, it's, it's, it's a no-brainer as far as who's the most qualified for the job.
2: Well,
6: why don't you take a breath, Jimmy? We got we to gotta hit a break. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Come
5: on, Sean. I know you got an opinion.
6: Well, no, we it. got, we got like 30 break, seconds. So you got
7: to stay. Well,
6: yeah, Jimmy, you got to stay because I want to get into the games of the week and how LSU is going to fare and all of this. So uh, the long-winded answer from Jimmy was he likes James Franklin. He seems to make the most sense. Yeah. I do disagree. Great recruiter. I'll give you my opinion on the other side of the all break. Right, we, gotta, we got a lot to get to. Jimmy – uh, ate up the whole segment, so he has to stay. We're forcing him to stay while he sits uh, on his porch down there in Baton Rouge, and uh, and asks the people who should be the next ho- head coach of the Bayou Bengals. More with Jimmy Ott, Sean Merriman coming up top of the hour, live in studio. It's the Nightcap here on Visa.
4: To start listening.
5: This is the nightcap on VCN the Sports betting Network.
6: Indeed helps find great hires fast. Indeed is your all-in-one platform for interviewing, screening, and hiring high-quality people. Visit Indeed.com slash credit. End of the first quarter, out in Los Angeles, a high-paced, entertaining first quarter, 34-32. If you dabbled in the first quarter line, Lakers were laying a point. Uh, Steph Curry had a wide-open three. As time expired in the first quarter, it clanked off the front rim. And the Lakers get the first quarter cover. Anthony Davis, 14 points in the first quarter. LeBron had 10. Steph Curry, 8 points, went 2 of 8 from the field, 1 of 4 from 3. Sean Merriman, I see him right there. Like he's hanging out in our uh, in our green room. Yeah. Uh, he will be joining us in studio in uh, 15 minutes. That's Sean King. I'm Tim Murray. All right, before we bring back in Jimmy Ott, our good friend from ESPN 104.5 down in Baton Rouge, He said James Franklin, head coach of Penn State, former head coach of Vanderbilt, makes a lot of sense, checks a lot of boxes. What do you think about that? Who do you think makes the most sense?
7: I think James does check a lot of boxes. And the great thing about this search, none of these guys are going to be bad candidates. I mean, they're all qualified in their own way. They're all energetic. They're all really good football coaches. The first two guys... If I was Scott and I was the AD at LSU, is I'd call Austin and I'd call Norman. And I'd talk to Steve Sarkeesian and Lincoln and say, I know you guys are coming into the SEC. Wouldn't you rather come in at LSU than opposed to bringing a Big 12 program? And I'd see if there was interest there, I'd call down to Oxford and talk to Lane. And just get a feeling for how Lane feels about maybe making a move over to a program that, oh miss, is a good program, but it's not another shoe. Yep. Then I go to defense. And the only reason I go those three first, because I like having the head coach be an offensive guy. Because so many times in the game, from a management standpoint, do we go for it on fourth down? What play do we call? What's our our goal line offense gonna look like? What's our, it always goes better when the offensive Coach can make the call and he doesn't have to relay information. The two defensive guys I like, don't be distracted by the job Dave Aranda, Aranda has he's done, done at a Baylor. Phenomenal job. I mean, he's rebuilt that program. Former coordinator. He's been at LSU, and Mel Tucker's a can't miss guy. He's been yeah. the D coordinator for Kirby at, at Georgia, so he knows from a recruiting standpoint what it takes to get the best players at each position. He's done a phenomenal job at Michigan State, so that, that's, a, that's a can't lose, but they're all going to be. You know, great uh, candidates, and we'll see how it plays out.
6: All right, Jimmy, we bring back in Jimmy. On, uh, I'm going to limit you to 60 seconds on this. <laughs> there is a, uh, I would say, rather high-profile quarterback in the state of Louisiana in the class of 2023. His surname is Manning. Oh, Manning. That's right. Uh, he has already taken an official visit to Texas. I think he was there last weekend. Is the relationship with the next coach, does he have to have a relationship with Arch Manning? Am I crazy?
5: Oh, you talk about LSU? Yeah. There's no way a Manning will ever come to LSU. Oh, <laughs> <It'll laughs> well, there you deep, go. <laughs> deep, everybody else is living. I mean, Sean, Sean played uptown, not too far away from they, where they grew up in Audubon place, okay? And now Archie and Olivia just uh, moved to Oxford. But still, I mean, there, there is a deep, deep, hatred from Archie Manning and LSU back in the day. Well, look, they all, they say, Oh, you just don't like it. Whatever. Listen, prove me wrong. I even had LSU officials say, Jimmy, we got a chance. I know you say, okay, right. Let me know when the Manning comes here because I won't be around my son, my great grandchildren will be around when a man in comes and plays for the purple
6: and go, not happening. <laughs> All right, there you go. See, I don't live in Louisiana. I'm, that's why we have people like like Jimmy come on yeah, and tell was, me, you're crazy. Yeah, okay, yeah. we move on. Uh, don't even think about it. Uh, we move on. All right, let's get to some games this week. Um, and uh, I guess uh, before we move on to games that you like, Jimmy, uh, LSU coming off of, uh, a, a win as a 12-point underdog against Florida. Uh, now Ed Orgeron's in his comfort zone. He's an interim coach, so to speak. He's like thirteen and four as an interim coach. They're getting nine and a half against Ole Miss. Ole Miss just had a big win against Tennessee, an emotional win. Matt Corral ran the ball like thirty times. May or may not play this weekend. I know Ed O's not buying it. LSU's chances to cover at Ole Miss uh, are are what? It's
5: solid. I think they have uh, they're they're a live dog uh, as far as the, as a moneyline opportunity here as well, and I wasn't touching them until what I saw. And look, you you, you kind of jest a little bit as far as Ed O in his interim role, but the best word I can just use to describe him is relieved. I mean, he it just he, he he is more he's more at ease now. The team the team knew this was all the works before they played some of the offensive line play and they, you know, they found something. I mean, it looked like Herzl Davis-Price in Tiger Stadium. I mean, I think he was running wild against the Gators, a really good rush defense. Mm -hmm. How about this three-week, this three-week round-robin, 15-day round-robin, where Kentucky beats Florida, but only has 225 total yards. Florida had 15 penalties, penalties that game. LSU gets trucked by Kentucky. They rush for 330 against LSU, and then LSU, runs all over Florida with the running game with Ty Davis price and a spot where they weren't looking past LSU because what happened in a similar spot last year. So man, I would list, I would list corral as doubtful. Mm. They watched that tape and they were scared to death was Tennessee of getting beat over the top. Like Arkansas did several times in the second half. So they dropped people so deep. They did not account for the quarterback. In a third and five on a third-and-five quarterback draw was like an automatic. where you're going to get hit. And 30 times to rush him. I mean, man, I, I stood next to Matt Corral at media days. He is not a big guy at all. He took a pounding. And, man, he's just I, – I know uh, Ozron thinks it's possum. He's doubtful. If he does play, he's going to be affected. If he doesn't, who's taking more snaps than Matt Corral the last couple of years in college football? But he had 101. Uh, in Knoxville on Saturday, I think LSU's a real live dog in that spot.
6: They're getting a nine, nine and a half, depending on where you look. Talking to our good friend, Jimmy Ott. All right, let's bounce around. Just get a, a couple games uh, that you like before we let you run uh, on a uh, on a Tuesday night. Sean Merriman going to join us in studio here uh, at the top of the hour. Let's get to Pitt and Syracuse, or excuse me, Pitt and Clemson. I beg your pardon. Uh, Clemson right now getting three and a half at Pitt. Uh, Pitt got a pro quarterback in Kenny Pickett. We know the struggles that Clemson has offensively. And uh, we talked to Brad Powers last night. This is the first time Clemson has been a dog in an ACC game since 2017. They are getting three and a half at Pitt. You laying it with the home team, or do you like uh, Clemson uh, getting some points here?
5: Love Pitt uh, in this spot. And I look at the point spread values uh, in, uh, in college football today, and Clemson is tied you know, which with, with three other schools from uh, 8 to 11, with uh, Texas A&M, uh, Ole Miss, uh, and uh, in Michigan, you know, 15 points behind Alabama and Georgia, who are a pick uh, pick'em at a neutral site right now. Um, and Clemson's overrated. This is a classic case of, you know, the lines are your results this year and also your branding. Their level of play is so far below their, uh, you know, their results this year. I continue to cover week after week and Pitt is the best team they've played out of all these teams that they, they're struggling against. So, I mean, Pitt, I was real impressed. Tim, you know it. That was life or death for Notre Dame and Blacksburg. They went in there and just mm-hmm. put that game away early. Nothing with a little bit of a look-ahead spot with Clemson this week. I love Pitt. They've shown some maturity. You talk about at the quarterback, and the defense is, is getting better and better. I love. I think Pitt is a very, very short price. Here at home against
6: Clemson, and there's some threes out there too, uh, some juice threes. DraftKings right now has uh, pit three minus one fifteen, so I have to lay a little juice. But you do get that, uh, you do get that hook. Um, you know, I tweeted it out, and I know this uh, this perks your uh, ears a little bit. Uh, it's the unranked team against the ranked <laughs> team, but the unranked team is the one laying points, and there's no more crooked line than. Iowa State laying a touchdown against a top-ten team in Oklahoma State. Coming off of that victory last week against Texas, they come from behind and win. Maybe a letdown spot for Oklahoma State. Uh, You like Iowa State a little bit here. we got less than a minute, Jimmy.
5: I love Iowa State. I love all of them. (laughs) I love all of these unranked versus ranked. They had another one last week. Baylor favored over BYU wasn't even close, okay? It's the only damn good thing uh, uh, that the rankings are good for, okay? They're absolutely useless (laughs) since we've had this committee in college football. Thank goodness for it, because these guys voting on it are at one game. They can't watch all the games like everybody else, okay? So, I mean, this is the only thing the rankings are good for is to bet on ranked teams when they're favored. And, I mean, you saw the sharp players immediately jump on UCLA when they put out Oregon as a two-point favorite. All of them, blind approach, and I love it. And my favorite one is that Iowa State, uh, that Iowa State game. Iowa State, one of the few teams, one of two teams, both in a top ten and the yards per play All offense right. and yards per play defense.
6: Jimmy, you're the best. We love Go you. enjoy your nights. You like to talk too. We love you. That is Jimmy Ott. Sean Merriman, next, right here on the Nightcap.